This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bringing down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Hello everyone and welcome along to this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Redman. Now, first of all, I owe you all a bit of an apology. Of course, you'll all realise um, that I didn't get the um, Watford pre-game show out. Of course, it didn't matter in the end because it was called off. Um, so I kind of got a, I got away with that one, didn't I? Um, but it weren't my fault this time. I know I said I'll do all that I can um, to get the pre-game shows out, even if it means just sending questions off, which unfortunately I've had to do this time, but I, I'll get into it in a minute. Um, but the, the, the guys that will uh, remain nameless, um, that said they were going to do the Watford answers for me, um, pulled out at the very last second, leaving me with nobody to do it. It meant I'd have had to do it on the day of the game, and then I'd probably put it out at like one in the afternoon, which just seemed a bit pointless, um, to be honest. So I didn't even bother doing it. Um, but apologies for that. Um, and like I said, it isn't a live chat like it has been, uh, and like I, like, I, like I prefer doing. And I think you prefer watching as well. To be fair, um, is this this Villa one? I have had to send questions to the guys at Talk of the Trinity. Um, but again, it's 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 it's. I've just listened to it actually. It's a really good one. It's probably one of the best ones we've had. Um, where I've sent the questions, he gives some really good good answers. Talks about Heaton, Jack Grealish, Ings, uh, the Smith Gerrard, sort of like 
differences and, uh, and the differences in their season. So it is really, really good. So I do recommend that you listen to it. Of course, I'm going to say that. Feel free to listen to it and tell me that it was shit if you want. You know I me. Mean? Um, but if you are watching on YouTube, please smash that like button. Please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And again, if you're watching on the podcast, uh, sorry, listening on the podcast and you just want to give me a shout, let me know how you think things are going. If you like these, where I just send questions or would you rather me not do it? Uh, you know, things like that. But like I said, I'm going to try and get one out every single, every single, um, week um, if someone doesn't let me down um, I know a few Everton fans um, I'm pretty confident I can get the Everton one out um, I'll probably get it out before Christmas because obviously I don't want to be doing something on Christmas who's going to do that um, plus I'm working Boxing Day so um, in the morning and then again in the evening so that should be fun I don't worry I'll be on the game though um, but yeah that's it then for my intro. Um, like I said, here is talk of the Trinity and he's going to give us the lowdown on all things Aston Villa ahead of this weekend's game at Villa Park between Aston Villa and Burnley. So thank you. My name's Will and I'm from the Talk of the Trinity Aston Villa podcast. It's a pleasure to be invited onto Turfcast to discuss the upcoming Burnley versus Aston Villa game with you. And fingers crossed the game goes ahead. So I've been sent some questions to just to run through an answer, um, which I've got up just to the right of me. You'll see me every now and again looking across just so I can answer those for you. So number one, some of the season so far. The season so far has been a bit more up until um, up until Steven Gerrard arrived. We expected to win our first three games. I think we thought we were going to be doing a lot better than we were under Dean Smith. Um, the first three games ended with five points. Uh, sorry, four points. We lost to Watford, beat Newcastle and Drew with Brentford, though COVID had something to do with that, I feel. We then got a couple of wins um, against Everton and Man United and all was feeling positive. Even the 3-0 defeat to Chelsea, we were feeling positive. Though... Um, we we lost our way a little bit with those five defeats on the trot. Didn't put up enough fight, so Dino was relieved of his duties. Stephen Gerrard came in, four wins from six. Um, he was trying to implement a new style of play. And I think we're starting to, to, reap, the, to reap the rewards of that now with those four victories. So question two, from the outside looking in, it looks like your season could be split into two, pre and post Gerard. Is that a fair assessment? It is. Um, as I say, regrettably, we weren't hitting the heights that were expected with Dino. But um, now that Stephen Gerrard's come in, we've got that belief back without being offensive to Dino because he did a, a wonderful job for us and got us back to where we were more so than a certain player who, I'm sure we'll come on to in a bit. Um, he did a great job. He, he got us back to where we were, but it was probably a step too far for him getting us into that top half. And Stephen Gerrard's come in, an elite player with an elite mentality, brought his backroom staff, um, in particular Beal from Rangers and Gary McAllister, who knows the Villa from his time assisting Gerard Houllier. And we've just got a kick and an edge about us it feels like uh, a different team, a team that is a little bit cleverer, boxes a little bit cleverer on the pitch. Um, probably a few cute fouls and a bit of time wasting against Norwich on Tuesday night. Um, but we, we do look dangerous going forward, like we will score. 
and we also look solid at the back, which is something that Gerard's brought in, which is which is great to see. Um, so why do you think you look so much better under Gerard? Is it a new manager bounce or something else? Definitely a bounce. Who wouldn't want to play for one of the best England midfielders of our generation? Um, I always said he was better than Lampard and Scholes. Honestly, I did. Um, but he's come in, he's got that. He's personable with the players. He gives them something to wane for. Carney Chukwumeka and Jacob Ramsey are youngsters. Who better to learn from? as an English central midfielder than Steven Gerrard. Um, we look tighter, we're more compact. The gaps between defence midfield attack are shorter. We're playing a lot through the middle, trying to keep the ball, even trying to keep the ball and play out from the back end. So like some Man City and Liverpool, which seem to be daft, but if you can do it against the better teams, then you see that against teams... Um, who aren't as good as Man City and Liverpool, that we can we can do it against them in a bit easier. That was on display against Norwich when Tyrone Mings got the ball in his own box and dazzled two players before passing it off. But we do look a lot more harder to beat. We look like we'll score all the time. He's, he's reignited a few players, John McGinn and Ollie Watkins, to name just a couple. Uh, a lot of transfer activity in the summer, both in and out. That big sale being Tom Heaton, of course. Um, you'll know all about him. Are we stronger or weaker on the pitch now? Uh, Jack Grealish game was obviously a big loss. Anybody would have wanted to have kept a player like him. A generational talent um, who came through the ranks and everybody could relate to. A Villa fan captaining his club, leading them to promotion and ultimately helping us stay up with that. Last day goal against West Ham. Um, I think we thought that Jack might leave the previous summer and when he stayed and we got as high as we did, we thought, okay, well, he'll, he'll want to kick on further now. We signed Buendia, we knew Bailey was coming in, we got Ashley Young, so we were excited. Um, and then Danny Ings joined out of the blue and that happened as we found out that Greenish was leaving for 100 million. And it's not bad when you've developed a player for free to get 100 million for him. Then, of course, we brought Axel Twanzabi back in. Axel Twanzabi, we seem to be like his grandparents. Man United think, all right, summer holidays, we'll send him off there. They can look after him for a bit and then they forget about him. It's his third loan with us now. I think Smith probably struggled a bit, to be honest with you, with Grealish going because he wanted to implement and you thought uh, the 4-2-3-1 formation with Buendia getting on the ball, trying to get Ings and Watkins up front, changed to a 5-3-2, so never really settled for him. Then Stephen Gerrard's come in. He's not known Aston Villa any other way than without Stephen Gerrard and be, uh, without Jack Grealish. And because of that, he's had to... Um, He's had to just develop a team rather than say, get the ball to him and we'll score. He's brought the best out of players. He's brought the best out of players who are on the bench, players who weren't getting a look in. And we definitely look a lot stronger now. Ramsey seems to have burst onto the scene um, after his goal this week. You want me to talk about him? Does he have a big future? Yes, I think he does. His goal against Norwich was fantastic. I don't think anybody was really expecting it. That driving run forward, the shimmy, and hitting it into the near post. It was a thing of beauty. And you'd hope that it's in the goal of the month uh, contendership on match of the day for definite. 
Um, he's been on the scene since we beat Wolves 1-0 in lockdown away. He's he's had good games. He's had some games where maybe they're passing him by a little bit. There's, the game against Leicester was fantastic. Um, he's played well under Steven Gerrard so far. There were a few calls saying, hang on, maybe he needs resting, maybe he needs a loan. But it seems as though he's back to his best. He's um, he's a dynamic player, not afraid to get on the ball, pass it around. And if you think he's good, wait until you see his brother Aaron Ramsey. That's where that's who everybody's raving over. He hasn't made his Premier League debut yet for the Villa. He's played for us against Barrow in the League Cup. Um, he did well there by all accounts. But he's the one to watch out of the Ramsey brothers. Who knows? Maybe one of them will go on to be the next £100 million player that we sell. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully we keep them. Um, so what are our ambitions for the rest of the season? We're in the top half. Is there any chat about Europe or is it too early? Our ambitions were always to improve on last season, whether that's by getting more points or getting higher in the league. For me, it's about being higher in the league. Um, so that would be top half after finishing the 11th last season. I think we were resigned to not really getting anywhere um, near where we were before under Smith. But now we're um, we're hoping under Gerard to finish in the top half of the league. We're definitely pushing on. There's murmurs about um, Europe at the moment. And I think that the jitter-chatter will get a lot bigger around Villa Park should we carry on this good run of form. Should we be able to get um, a fifth win at seven games at the expense of yourselves? Who do Burnley need to look out for? Who's our current danger man? I'm going to give you two. I was toying with Martinez and Watkins, but I'm not going to go for them. I think Matty Cash causes problems for any team. He bombs on down the right wing. He gets involved in attacks. His crossing probably isn't the best, but he gets into positions to lay the ball across the face of goal for an assist and also gets shots off. Scored a worldie against Everton earlier this season. We probably actually thought that would be good at the season until JJ Ramsey did what he did against Norwich. But he's got the um, he's got the potential to call Chuck to cause Charlie Taylor some problems, getting around the back of him, getting in between the left back and left centre back. And it's the man who's going to supply the through balls to him who you really need to watch out for. And that's a regenerised John McGinn. John McGinn, his big bum, getting forward and back, getting on the ball, passing it round, getting shots off, scoring a couple of goals as well. A couple of good goals, really. And of course, he probably want to get one over Sean Dyche after their previous exchange of words over uh, your gaffer's coat. So I'd say John McGinn and Matty Cash for us. So thoughts ahead of the game. You're going into it after a decent uh, run of form, four wins from six. Presumably we're feeling confident. In a nutshell, yeah, we are feeling confident. The Villa fans are confident that we can we can beat anyone on our day, especially after the results that we got against um, against teams like Palace and against Brighton, Leicester as well. We expected to beat Norwich. The Liverpool and Man City games were probably the the most pleasing thing for us recently. The fact that we 
we hung him for so long against both of them. Liverpool, we didn't create any chances, but Man City, we could have drew with them. Um, so we're confident, and I think we're confident that we can hurt Burnley. Unfortunately, your your season hasn't really kicked off from an outside point of view. One win, um, seven defeats, I think it's eight or nine draws that you've got. So you, you draw specialists, and soon enough, I'm sure you'll, you'll start getting wins, but hopefully it doesn't start this weekend at Villa Park. Um, what can we expect from Gerard's lineup of tactics? It'll be a 4 3 2 1. He plays with two number 10s rather than inverted wingers. If Wendy is fit and Ashley Younger fit, they're likely to start behind Ollie Watkins. Uh, don't think you'll change it too much unless one of those aren't aren't able to play. And then Carney Chuck will make her, may come in to one of those number 10 roles and we'll give him a chance because he's been knocking at the door and doing quite well recently for us when he's come on. McGinn, Louise, Ramsey in midfield, target cash, Conter and Mings in defence with Martinez in goal, uh, Watkins up front, other four, unless Watkins drops back into a 10 and Ings starts, and you, you know all about Danny Ings as well. Uh, I think we'll try and play between the lines, between the spaces in your midfield and defence. It seems as though you tend to play a 4 4 2. So they'll try and get those two 10s in between there get Watkins moving off the board and trying to pull your centre-backs or your central midfielders out of position to create space and to get some shots off at Nick Pope. Um, predictions for the game? I do apologise, but I'm going to go for a Villa win. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Villa win. I think we'll get both our goals quite early on within the first half hour. And I'd hope we kick on from there. I do think that we're, we're only... Uh, a game or two away from really putting a few goals past someone. I don't think it would happen against yourselves. You've got a good defence. You are tight at the back. You can grind out a result. You just, you just haven't had the rubber of the green, really, in regards to winning matches. I understand Cornet is uh, potentially out for the game. He'd have been a danger man, though. We're, we're worried about James Rodriguez as well. So... We'll see what happens. Um, I would be hoping for a 2-0 Villa win now. Um, thank you for letting us be on your, your podcast. My name's Will. As I said before, you can tell from my hairline that I've been a Villa fan for over 30 years. Um, I'm one half of Talk of the Trinity, the better half of Talk of the Trinity, unless you ask Baz. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Talk Trinity. You can find us on Twitter at Talk Trinity and run all podcast sites. Thank you for having us. Good luck for the rest of the season from Sunday onwards and, of course, except for the game at Turf Moor. Cheers. Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. 
you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.